Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. And sometimes, they're a musical! With me, as always, is TV's Noah Hulahan. It's a hit! It's a hit! Throwing my head back really hurts. I've, I tried it a few times. I was like, no, this is not a motion that I will be doing. It is a hit! For the podcast. I can do it. Turns out. I know you can do it. I just did it like three times. To I get cannot, away. and I'm let. And you kind of judged me for not committing, but it is an audio podcast, and I'm not going to do it because it hurts my necky. Welcome back to Legally Blonde: The Search for Elle Woods, Part Two. We will be covering episodes five through eight. Yes, thank you so much for joining us for this. Uh, real quick, just kind of housekeeping. We might sound a little bit different. Uh, you guys, I, I need to apologize. My microphone's been broken for like three episodes. Yes. So you might have noticed a sound that I've desperately tried to remove, which I thought was our neighbor's air conditioning, and then realized recently that it's the microphone. So we're using the spare mic, which means we're set up a little bit differently. Uh, I'm right next to Laura. I can poke her. I'm poking her now. Yeah, uh, you can also see me looking up parasols online while he do- while he does this housekeeping. So I just wanted to let you guys know that if this one sounds a little different, or if you thought the previous episode sounded a little rough, you're not wrong, and I'm sorry. So now, let's let's not waste any more time. Okie doke. Let's pour one out. All right, what have you what have you got there? Well, I. Went into this, if you listened to our previous episode, 99% sure that I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yes. That Emma was going to get an honorable discharge. Yep. And that Autumn was going to win and Bailey was going to come in second to justify her, like, evilness. That we were like, oh, good, the girl that we didn't like didn't win. We were worried. So since I was 99% sure, I have a cocktail here by 99 Bananas. It is strawberry lemonade because... Pink. It's pink. And, um, it's not good. Yeah. It tastes a little wrong. Almost like it's a hard seltzer made with 99 brand. Yeah. I've never seen a 9.9% seltzer. Lara has taken a sip. No. Uh, It's like someone farted in the room. That's, (laughs) that was her reaction. Oh, it's like very fake tasting. Yes, it, it's the most artificial thing I've ever put in my body. So I was thinking about what Elle Woods would be like today. And Elle Woods would be called a little basic. Yeah. It's August. What do basics love in August? What do basics love in August? Uh, going to the beach? Uh, tanning? Those big sunglasses that make your face look like a bug? Pumpkin spice. No, it is August. So I have with me a local microbrew pumpkin ale. There's enough on the rim of the can that I actually did get beer making that theatrical slurp noise. She looks 
so smug. It's like her name was up on that list, and she's getting to tell Warren how much better this is. Is it better than my drink? So much better. Hello, much better, and so now you're gonna know much better. Please cut that. No. <laughs> no! No! No, I wasn't gonna sing in this one. This, this has been my life for the past two weeks. People get to enjoy it as much as I did. It hasn't been your whole life. I've sung other songs. <laughs> and we, we've established in our household, I do not know all the words to Oh My God, you guys. I know select words. Yes. So it's a lot of mix and match. Mm-hmm. And me going, bah, 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 bah. Oh My God, you guys. Oh My God, you guys. <sighs> Goosebumps. Are you Cartman, by the way, of I was trying to do. <laughs> I was trying to do Oh My God, Goosebumps, but also sing. Oh my god, you guys. Goosebumps. Man! Alright, let's get into this. You didn't try my pumpkin ale. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're basic. It's good. It's really good. It's, it's really nice. It's very, it's, it's, it does have a nice beeriness to it. It's a light. Along with the pumpkin, which is nice. Yeah. I, I like it because it's, um, it's lighter. Because mm-hmm. it is still... August. It kind of sits on your tongue, though. Yeah, I didn't want, like, a stouty stout. Like, it remains, which is very nice. Mm. Mm. I'm happy. So my first note, episode five is actually missing the last ten minutes on YouTube. I tried to find it on some other sites and was unable to. Yeah. So my first note is that Bailey is so rude. Yeah, Bailey continues to be rude. There's this whole thing where they're talking, and Bailey is like... Let's just not talk about the competition. Let's just be friends for now. Like, let's yeah. enjoy this moment. And then it cuts to a confessional and Bailey's like, I ain't here to make friends. I don't know who's going to walk through those doors. You don't want to be rude and be like, one more down, five more to go or something like that. You know, you don't want to be that way because you know how that feels. Autumn is one of my biggest competitions. And honestly... I hope that she goes home tonight. I think this will definitely help give me a leg up in this competition. Yeah. Which, again, I know is editing, and they are creating a fantastic villain in Bailey. So when we last left, it was uh, Cassie S. and Selena had been cut. Yes. And this is the first time multiple people have been cut, so everyone is shocked and appalled when Autumn returns alone. Yeah. Despite the fact that nobody liked Cassie S, people were upset that Selena had been cut. Yes. Uh, this is partially because Selena had a very good relationship with everyone. Yeah, Selena seemed to be the like the mom of the group. She yes. was the eldest, and she was kind of the elder statement that was just like, all right, girls, it's okay. I mean, Selena... I'll fight with the producers for Selena you. Selena had literally played Jane Porter on Broadway in Tarzan at this point. Okay. She'd understudied the role, but she had performed. Mm. So... Selena had made her Broadway debut. She'd been in a couple shows at this point. Yeah, she understood those strangers like her. Yeah, yes, very good. They did it. <laughs> uh, Bailey is sulking. Lauren and Bailey look very similar, so you kind of have to just pay attention to the talking head. If, like, they're saying something rude, it's probably Bailey. Right. If they're saying something sweet, it's probably Lauren. Yeah. Uh, I also have a note that we are down to six girls. And Autumn's talking head, she's wearing a cap. 
Yes. Remember that for later. That'll be important later. And it's going to be a dance day. And there's a great moment where Rhiannon goes, we've got to wear dance clothes. I tried to spike the mic on that because that's what Rhiannon does. Yeah. And Emma, who is still recovering from bronchitis and multiple illnesses, visibly dies inside when she does it. Yeah. Like, there's a great moment where she d- Rhiannon, like, squeaks that out and you just see Emma with, like, a cup of tea, like, kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emma, at this point, is... Trying to live. A meat suit that tries to disassociate when she has to, like, perform. Yeah. Like she's like, oh my god, oh my god, you guys, cut. Ooh, oh, my body. I mean, I absolutely loved her quote from the last episode. The judges loved it. I'm gonna go die. Gonna go die. Uh, I like Emma a lot. I like Emma a whole lot. Uh, some of the girls at this point that are left do feel like weak dancers. Yes. And they get to the dance studio and it's the dance captains. Mm-hmm. And talking about, like, needing to command attention. And Emma keeps leaving while they're learning the dance to go die. Yeah. She's, like, spitting up fluid. Yeah, I've been, Emma. I've been sick during a rehearsal. It's the worst. Yeah, like, and but you're not, you're not a musical theater guy. It's mm. bad doing a play. Mm. It's worse doing a musical. Oh, of course. Because you're singing and you're just, like, pulling crap up. I have left a rehearsal to throw up. Yes, I have as well. Um, Not a musical event, still. No, it was. A, it, I did it during a musical. Came back, and like then had to like have a conversation while I'm literally just pouring Tic Tacs down my throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was bad. Uh, college, uh, and you were also like trying to figure out if you go home, but figuring it's already too late for the rest of the cast. Yeah, yeah. So we see white... They're doing the shake your junk sequence of positive. Mm-hmm. It's white girls doing hip-hop in a way that feels like my seventh grade dance class. Yes. And this is something I wanted to ask. There's a moment where I believe they actually freestyle? Yes, there is an improv so moment. There is an improv dance moment here. Interesting. Um... I don't know why I have tag yourself, I'm Rhiannon. I don't know. I'm guessing, oh, because Rhiannon's usually a little goofy. Yes. She's got like a little bit of a like funnier energy Mm -hmm. than Elle Woods usually has. They then have to do the dancing in four inch heels in the cobblestone streets of Brooklyn. Because a Broadway stage is not smooth. It's got tracks, it's got wires, it's got other humans. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're doing it in the cobblestone streets of Brooklyn. And all I can think is like being a passerby yes. in Brooklyn of like just looking over and there's just six freezing girls in sweatsuits. Because this appears to be February. Yes. Uh, based on, they finished filming in mid-March. So I would say this is probably late February. Yeah. Okay. So they're freezing to death. Yes. They, they often huddle together for warmth. Anytime the cameras are not rolling... Uh, the cameramen have given them their coats. So there's like behind the scenes pictures of all of these small young women. Shivering in the cold. In giant coats. Mm-hmm. They, they're like men's coats. I also want to point out that when the dance captain says, put on these go-go boots, 
then we're going to go out and dance in the streets of Brooklyn. The, the cobble streets of Brooklyn line is clearly ADR. Yeah. The Broadway stage is not like this at all. It's literally an obstacle course of chords, of stairs, of tracks that guide set pieces in, tracks that love to get heels caught in them. So we're taking this dance to the cobblestone streets of Brooklyn. So I was curious if the dance captain, like, didn't know they were going outside or if, like, he was like, yeah, I just want you to dance in these shoes. And they were like, I got a great idea. Let's take them outside and have them break their ankles. Yeah. They, they wanted to do something pretty. Like, they thought it was prettier to do something in the streets. Mm. They, they're kind of, like, in, and they do their best. Uh, they're all wearing identical boots. There was not a size small enough for Natalie. Oh, God. Natalie has exceedingly small feet. She's size four feet. Uh, she literally had to kind of, like, stuff her shoes. Yeah, had to put on extra pairs of socks or something. Yeah, to go dance outside in kind of a dangerous situation. That's, this is so uncool. Like, it seems small. It really does. But, like, dancing on cobblestones is a hundred times worse than dancing on a Broadway stage. Like, yes, the Broadway stage has a track in it. But that's not where you dance. Right. Like, the director knows that. Yeah. This is... It it seems like such a small moment. This is so dangerous. Yeah. And, like, it would have been great TV to have one of them twist their ankle and have to go home injured. Yeah. But, like, that would be bad for the show. And when I say the show, I mean the musical that was depending on these humans. Yeah, because with their luck, you would have lost one of the frontrunners. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis Jones, who's the choreographer and one of the judges for this challenge, uh, admitted that he was not supposed to speak to the girls off camera and broke that rule during this episode. Really? Yeah, he did not feel good about what they were doing. Because he actually stopped them and said, like, okay, we've done this dance enough. Yeah. Uh, the girls are, like... Freezing and going to get hurt. Yes. So they end up going back in, and the winner of the challenge is Natalie. Yes. And they will win a private yoga lesson with Kate Schindel, who plays Vivian. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, dear God, please don't let Emma win this. Because the last thing I want is Emma to win and be like, all right. You get a free hour of working out. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, let her die. Natalie brings Rhiannon with her. There's definitely moments where you see Adam, Autumn and Natalie in particular swarming Emma anytime they're not directly dancing, trying to keep Emma specifically warm, mm-hmm. including Autumn pulling up Emma's scarf and going like, breathe in the warm air. Yeah. Because Autumn has asthma and was also having some difficulty oh with this challenge. Oh my gosh. Like, this was actually, like, a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. It, and, like, I understand that performing on Broadway is difficult. They still don't do this. There are very, like, the exercise bike thing made sense. There are very limited times you'd have to perform in that kind of cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one that really comes screaming to mind is the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. But Which is not once. cobblestone. Yeah, that's very clear. And it's also once. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're increasingly using pre-recorded tracks. Yeah. 
And they probably would have adjusted the, the costumes to be warmer and not go-go boots. You think that, but I've seen a lot of those and they do not. Um, I feel like they did for Beetlejuice when we watched it. Certain ones they do. But, like, I could totally see, like, all right, so Elle Woods is going to be in flats for this. It depends. No, they'd never put her in flats. Um, they might put her in a less revealing outfit mm-hmm. to keep her from the cult, but they she'd be still doing it in heels. Not spiked heels? Yeah, she would. In stilettos? Yep. That's dumb. So, the girls are working on the dance at night in their uh, little... Uh, loft, and they get a call sheet shoved under the door at 8 o'clock at night. Oh, yes! I forgot about this! And this is the producers desperately trying to stir up drama. They ask people to, like, vote on the best singer, the worst singer, best dancer, worst dancer, who is the weakest, who is the most competitive. Yeah, the idea being that, like, we value your opinion, so we need to know who you think is the worst. Which would never happen. Who isn't in the right shape to play Elle? Yeah, this is Which, like... by the way, they don't show that they asked that question. But I they show Lauren melting down. Lauren felt the question, who isn't in the right shape to play Elle Woods, was aimed at her directly. Because she was 18 and still had a little bit of, like, baby fat. Yeah. Now, when I say a little bit of baby fat, you would never in a thousand years look at this girl and go, chubby. Yeah. You wouldn't even think she was slightly over... Like, Mm -hmm. very, very slight. Yeah. She makes the other girls look very thin. Yeah. These girls do not make her look big. Yeah, she's got, like, the round cheeks. Yeah. That's really the main thing I noticed. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Lauren melts down. Uh, I have a theory here that this is why we lost Selena when we did. Yeah. Because Selena had already been a thorn in the producer's sides about this mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, Natalie said in the oral history, the girls initially refused to do this entirely. Good for them. And the producers were like, no, you have to. There's also a moment where they go, who's the worst singer? Who's the worst dancer? Who's the worst actor? And the camera focuses on a specific girl for each of those each, questions. Yeah. So the camera lets you know who the producers feel is yeah. the worst in this. Uh, this is... Absolutely not in the spirit of Elle Woods. No. Which is something Autumn screams. Mm -hmm. And then Autumn gets up, writes on the whiteboard, erases like worst and puts most improved. Yeah. And they make it a really positive experience. Yeah, they make it like a a nice little award show almost. And the girls cry. Like, Mm -hmm. it becomes this heart to heart of like most improved dancer. They're like... You know, oh, Lauren, you've come so far. Mm -hmm. You know, most improved singer. Like, Bailey, you're really killing it this week. Like, this kind of working together. Mm -hmm. It felt so contrived. Like, it felt so clearly MTV desperately trying to stir up drama. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe... Ultimately, I'm shocked they kept it. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't just cut this out. I almost feel like... They keep it because it became such a positive experience. That's part of it. And because I think the minute one of these girls was online in any significant way, they would have been talking about this cut challenge that was blatant. And I think another thing that might kind of lean into this 
is one of the twists is also that the dance rehearsals cut short. Yes. They're like, surprise, this is all the rehearsal you get. Sometimes that's all you get on Broadway. Best of luck. Which means they have less footage for this episode. So we then get the audition in front of the judges. Uh, Emma struggles and Bailey kills it. Emma goes first, and I honestly think Emma does really well, but you can tell that, like, this is the last of her gas tank. Yes. And she's like, I'm going first, I'm going to let it all hang out, and by the time it's over, it's like, she might just melt into the floor. Like, her bones might turn to dust, and she might become a puddle. Because, I mean, I've... You've been in these situations. They're probably... Letting them go to bed at 1 a.m. and waking them up at 6.30. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to bet none of these girls has had a proper night's sleep in yeah, two, three weeks They got to film, like, talking heads and stuff. So, I feel like Rhiannon does really well. And then we get these, like, weird notes from the judges because we're meant to believe that Rhiannon didn't do very well. Yeah. Uh, Bailey kills it because Bailey has always been the stronger dancer. Yes. Uh, I have a note that during Lauren's, I don't watch Lauren at all. I watch Emma, who is, like, visibly, like, her body is giving up. Yes. Lauren has a little bit of very early Britney Spears energy. In like, yes. And I mean that as a very big compliment. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean that as, like, she's got that spunky, cute, mm-hmm. uh, baby one more time era energy. Yeah. That serves her really well in this part. Mm-hmm. Autumn has a little bit of a goofiness. But then the uh, the judges rake her over the coals. And she says, like, I'm exhausted and unprepared. And then she flees. What do you think happened to her when she flees? Oh, yeah. So she runs out covering her mouth. Yeah. And runs out the door. I notice that there's a strange cut. Yes. It seems to me like they were trying to make it look like she ran out right after her number. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what happened. I think there's a good chance that, like, she might have just been standing under the lights too long and it got to her. You're close. Mm-hmm. Food poisoning. Really? She ate a bad yogurt that morning. Aww. And uh, she's actually very upset about the way they showed this. Because we, t- we mentioned this last episode that there was a piece... That had to be staged. It's this when they, because they cannot legally follow Emma into the bathroom. Right. So we see a girl's foot hanging out of a stall mm-hmm. as she is worshiping the porcelain god, so to speak. Yes. Here's a quote from Autumn I was more, so mortified when the show aired and they said that it was stage fright. That was so unfair to me. I'd been slighted in so many ways. They said I got stage fright and that I puked with ugly character heels on. Yes. Social media wasn't quite what it is now. I would have been all up in there like, nope, 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 nope. I I do love that Autumn is equally annoyed that she's been accused of wearing those shoes. Yeah, when when they show the shot of her, like, uh, of the bathroom shot, I immediately go, oh, this is fake. Mm Because the camera's not going into the girl's room. No. And if the shot of her running out is real, like... I don't think she makes it to the bathroom. I think she knocks over the nearest trash can. Yes. Uh, and one thing that this does is I did immediately notice her shoes. And I was like, I don't, 
I was like, her shoes are wrong, so that's clearly not her. And then they cut back, and I immediately look at all the shoes, and I went, wait a minute. They're not wearing the go-go boots. No. What was the point of anything? <laughs> I was like, this is so dumb. Like, if they're not actually dancing. Like, could you imagine a Broadway show being like, listen, we want you to really know how to do this dance. So... Even though you won't be doing it in the show, we need you to wear these Nickelodeon moon shoes. Moon shoes, Potter? Like, what do you mean? Like, you're just throwing stuff at these women that... It it was just dumb, and it made me angry, and now I'm angry. (laughs) So, Natalie, it must be said, absolutely just crushes the dance. Like, the the, uh, judges are like... Yeah, so that was Natalie. Yeah. All right, cool, Natalie's good talk. So it could, it gets down to Emma and Autumn, and we do not actually see Emma's elimination because this is what the yeah, only. Yeah, we, we unfortunately don't see how this ends, but we do know that based on what happens in the next episode, that Emma is sent home, and Autumn, Autumn was the one that went with her, right? Yeah, yeah. Autumn comes back and says, basically, we were told neither of us are strong dancers. Yes, and. The problem I have with this is Emma was sick. <laughs> yeah, Emma was quite ill. And Emma had made her Broadway debut in La Caja Fall already. Yeah, I honestly think, like, we didn't see it, but, like, they should have just made it an honorable discharge. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, you're too sick to be Elwood's. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Because she was amazing. Emma was, like, on point. Yeah, Emma, Emma's another one that uh, is very, very not active on Twitter. I did look to see if we could... Uh, Emma actually has a uh, a rare autoimmune disease and had a stroke at age 33. Oh my she god. She has completely recovered. Oh, good. But she, uh, she had some illness issues. Yeah, like, Emma would have been my pick to win if she had not clearly had this sickness storyline attached to her. Yeah, now she, like I said, she did make a full recovery, and she would later be on Broadway in Hair. Oh, I love Hair. Yes, uh, she also, um, almost immediately after the show, uh, is in the cast of Gypsy. Oh. Yeah, like she's, she does Broadway, and then she also is a Soul Cycle instructor now. Oh, cool. So... The, uh, the catty little oral history says she presumably does not have her trainees belt the Legally Blonde score while cycling. <laughs> I hope she's wrong. I hope they're wrong. I hope it every time they're like, all right, guys, here comes the chorus. That being said, she could probably do that like a once a month, like Legally Blonde yeah. class. Because I know like Peloton will do the weird themed classes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I was talking to your sister about them. Oh. They have like an emo class and we thought that was fun. <laughs> Because um, that's the way to get me to work out is make sure that I can cry. Pedal away from those problems. No one understands you. Pedal out of this town. <laughs> My emo playlist on Spotify is called I Hate This Town. The uh, Emo bands hate this town. So, I digress. Episode six. So, the next thing they do is uh, Autumn returned. And nobody, nobody wanted Autumn to go. But everyone feels really gross about Emma being uh, eliminated. Yes. And they kind of target Lauren and Rhiannon a little bit, implying that 
Lauren and Rhiannon do not deserve to be there over, over uh, Emma and Selena. They're yes. like still pretty salty about losing Selena. Yeah, they're very salty about losing Selena. And again, Bailey's edit is wretched. Like, uh, they edit Bailey to look so unkind. Yes, yes, they do. Because there's also this weird storyline with Rhiannon where Rhiannon kept saying, I'm not going home today. I'm not going home today. And all the other girls are like, that's very inconsiderate for you to say. Rhiannon was like, I didn't want to go home. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> It, it smacks of, like, this is the kind of drama they were able to dredge up. Yeah. Is, like, one person having kind of a crap day. Yeah. And, like, saying one crappy comment. But, like, the crappy comment is, I'm not going home today. Like, I, they oh, all I interpret meant- that as, like, oh, you think you're safe. Yeah. But, but she was like, no, I was nervous. I'm on a reality show. So, the next challenge is they're getting makeovers. And Autumn and Natalie are like, oh, crap, we're going blonde. Yes. And uh, Natalie, I I hate Natalie in this episode. Oh, yes. After loving Natalie for the rest of the series, Natalie just keeps making jokes about her IQ dropping, becoming blonde. Yeah. Which is, like, one of the number one ways to annoy the crap out of me. Yeah, hopefully I won't walk into walls. I know I'm going blonde, but I just hope my IQ doesn't go with it. And I was like, I despise you. Yes. I also have the note, I hate this old man. I'm in the world-famous Bergdorf Goodman. Hey! Hi! Oh my god, you're all gorgeous. <laughs> love you. So being blonde is a state of mind, and that's where we're gonna take you. <laughs> and once you become blonde, it's like it just changes everything. You didn't like the, um... The salon stylist. I hated him. He was a jerk, and I did not like enjoy the way he spoke about human beings' bodies. Lauren is funny because uh, Lauren's makeover is indes- like undetectable. Yes. Lauren looks exactly the <laughs> exactly same. Exactly the same. It should be noted that also at this point they're like, we're also looking for our standout performer. And no one's... And we're like, at getting their hair tied? Yeah, like, Lauren and Rhiannon do not look appreciably different. And that's yes. important to kind of point... Like, Lauren literally says, like, oh, free highlights. Yeah. Because she's already bottle blonde. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of excited because it's like, oh, I don't have to pay for this. Nice. Yeah. Um, Bailey gets a very minor haircut mm-hmm. and has a total meltdown. Yeah, she cries about it. Making me hate Bailey more. She's like, I'm growing really attached to my hair. It's kind of like one of my prized possessions. And um, it's been long for a long time. And like to feel it, and it's like not all the way there. It's just really tough. I lost my hair in a wrestling match. I didn't cry. Uh, I don't. Oh, man. I donated 10 inches of hair once. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, the salon stylist actually said she usually will not do those. Because girls tend to cry. Mm-hmm. I had gotten my hair stuck in a piece of furniture the previous day. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> Literally, I said, like, please remove this. I am finished with it now. <laughs> I had so much hair that I was still at shoulder length. Yeah. When I cut off. Like, you I had, like, tennis. full-on waist-length mermaid blonde hair. Yeah. For a while. And then that had to go. Mm-hmm. There's a great talking head of Autumn with all the foils in her hair. Uh, Autumn, Autumn does not like this episode because they dyed her hair strawberry blonde. 
Because Autumn's a redhead. Oh, I thought th- she looks like platinum. Stay blonde. with me. Okay, stay. Uh, and she said she looked great mm-hmm. as a strawberry blonde. And the MTV producers were like, "No, we want them to all be platinum." So they bleach her hair again, and they they burn her hair, and uh, it's burning her scalp. She lost some hair in the process. They had this like really rough moment where you know Bailey's crying over a trim, mm-hmm. and Autumn is like. Dealing with chemical burns. Oh, wow. Natalie is a pretty... um, Natalie goes from, like, brunette to blonde, but has a pretty drama-free experience and does look Mm. decent as a blonde. Yeah. If she could only... This is the most we've heard Natalie talk and about how stupid she is now that she's a blonde. Yeah, now that she's blonde. I do feel bad for Autumn because you brought this up and you're 100% right. Going blonde ages Autumn? Yes. She looks like... She ends up now looking like the uh, the TV trope blonde Republican sex kitten. Yes. Like, I got big, like, Quinn's mom and Glee vibes. Yes. It makes her look like she's an aging trophy wife. Yeah, she, she reminded me of, oh, not Joan Rivers. Joan from Good Morning America. Joan London? Joan London. She reminded me of Joan London. WWE Hall of Famer, Joan London. And it's tough because she, I mean, there's a big promotional picture of the five of them because they're all in identical dresses for this photo shoot they're about to do. Yes. And Autumn looks rough because her hair looks like it's been through a war. Yeah. Everyone else looks pretty good. Um, they, so they, they're a little fried and they have to do a photo shoot. To, I, they're clearly going to use whatever these pictures are to promote the winner as soon as yes. the show is over. So this is where it kind of becomes a contest. They're yeah. given a bunch of props, and it's like, okay, we need to see your ideas here and take these pictures. Autumn has a lot of fun. Like, Autumn poses with the stuffed dog. and mm-hmm. uh, Natalie does a really clever thing where she's standing on top of all the books. And... Bailey does the exact pose from the existing poster that Laura Bell Bundy did. Yes. Facial expression, pose, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody gets pretty good feedback except for Rhiannon, who's like stiff and awkward. Yeah. The winner wins a date with Andy Carl, who is at this point the understudy for Emmett. Right. And he also ends up married... To the actress who plays Paulette in Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah. okay. Fun fact. That is a fun fact. Because he's the understudy for Emmett. He actually, I believe, if I recall correctly, I'm going to check my work here. Because this is not research. This is just a thing I already think I knew. He played the mailman in Legally Blonde that uh, Paulette has a crush on. Yeah, like he plays the UPS guy. Oh. I'm double checking that because I, I'm almost positive that he played the UPS guy. Yep, he did. He played the original UPS guy, and he understudied Emmett. Fun facts. So, uh, the winner went to date with him so that they can kind of, like, get chemistry, because this challenge is going to be singing the song Legally Blonde. Yes. So Natalie introduces herself with, sorry I'm late, I'm blonde now. And, And he's even like, Oh, 
That's not what Elle Woods would say. That's contrary to what this entire show's about. Yeah. I'm just going to giggle awkwardly. You know that the cameras are rolling, right? Yeah, their date is weird. And so then we get to them learning the song Legally Blonde. And there's a great moment. I love Seth Rudetsky in this. And he goes, do the curtains match the carpet? That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. And he, he cancels himself. <laughs> yeah, but he he's also kind of got the personality and the rapport with the girls at this point. Mm-hmm. That he can kind of say stuff like that. And yes. Because he's definitely built a rapport with the girls. I love Seth Rudetsky in this I, show. He made me a huge fan. Because, like, everything he does is, like, very fun. There are moments where, like, girls mess up, and he just kind of gives them a look. Like, come on now. And, like, but it's never judgy. It's never that, like, on Broadway, we demand perfection. Like, he understands we're in rehearsal. This is not a time to make you feel bad. This is a time to kind of, like, help build you. Yeah. He's awesome. I love Seth. And Seth Rudetsky, it must be said, is a major Broadway personality in and of himself. He is really just fantastic. He's, comp- he's like, the go-to accompanist. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times if you see someone do a concert in, like, Provincetown. Yeah. Uh, he's often the accompanist because he has a good rapport with nearly everyone on Broadway. That makes sense. So it becomes half like interview show. And he also mm-hmm. does host a couple of interview shows and podcasts. Oh. Yeah, this is, I'm putting Seth Rudetsky over right now for free because yeah, he's great. He's great. I love him. Uh, I love, I, I want to meet him one day. He's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Rudetsky, call me. I can't sing very well, but like, please call me. Um, <laughs> the next thing I have a note of is about the song. The song is just kind of weird. It's the ballad where Elle is really doubting herself and considering leaving law school, going back to California, and going back to being, you know, the fashion major Elle Woods that she is at the beginning of the film slash musical. Unfortunately, it all kind of hinges on the pun of Legally Blonde, which really undermines the entire song to me. Just let me be legally Blonde. Does the real song sound that much like Somewhere That's Green? It's it's a mix to me of sounding like Somewhere That's Green and Part of Your World. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> back to the sun, back to the shore, back to what I was before. Back where I'm known, back in my own very small pond. Laugh with my friends when I arrive We'll drop the top and just drive That's fine with me Just let me be legally blonde But like, first off, the pun of legally blonde is not that good No Like, it's a pun off of legally blind? Yes which actually has like has nothing to do with a courtroom or anything like that. It's just a different B word. It's not like, let me be legally blonde. Because being legally blonde is an expression we're all aware of. Like, it sounds like what 30 Rock would have written 
if there wasn't a Legally Blonde musical. Yeah. And they were pretending there was one. Because there are parts of the song I really like. Some girls fight hard, some face the trial. Some girls were just meant to smile. Mm-hmm. It's the song where Elle doubts whether she can hack it. Yeah. And it's really supposed to be like the emotional piece of act two. Mm-hmm. But that legally blonde part undermines the entire song. I feel like if you changed it to just a blonde, yeah, it would be so much better. So much better. Because, like, she's wrong. She's so much more than just a blonde. Yeah. It's her feeding into the toxicity that's being thrown at her constantly. And it would work better if it was, like, more clearly wrong. And not in a way that you're like, ah, that's the title. (laughs) And it's a songwriter I actually usually really like. Uh, The two things that he is best known for... Bat Boy and Heathers. Oh. Yeah, like two shows I genuinely really like. I'm now way more interested in Heathers knowing that it's the same guy that did Bat Boy. Yeah. Love Bat Boy. Yeah, I actually, we were talking, I was talking to a friend about gospel numbers, and the two I could think of were A Joyful Noise and um, My Dead Gay Son. Yeah. And I was like, ah, they're just both from the same composer show. Mm-hmm. So... We digress. I want to go see Bat Boy now. Uh, Seth and Autumn have a really good heart-to-heart during this. Yes. Of Seth talking about Autumn being fantastic in the room with him and not being great at auditions. And she has started to relate auditions with losing the chance to perform, not getting the chance to perform. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Which I really get. Because I'm the same way. I, like, I would much rather perform for a thousand people Mm -hmm. than perform for one who's making a decision about me. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. Because, like, I'm really comfortable in front of a lot of people. In front of only a few, I'm like, ew. I'm the same way. I audition poorly. I just, I genuinely do audition Mm -hmm. poorly. Uh, And I've I've lost a lot of opportunities because of that. Yes. It's funny because uh, a friend of mine directed a show and it was the best audition I'd ever turned in Mm -hmm. because it was people who had already seen me at much more vulnerable, much worse. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go in and really surprise them because I, these were people who'd already seen me like blubbering, crying in other situations of like, oh, these people cannot possibly think less of me because they've already seen the worst human I can be. So, uh, I totally get where Autumn's coming from here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bailey has a lot of stock gestures. She's not crushing it in this challenge. She's doing a lot of, like, the eighth grade talent show hand gestures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Natalie and Rhiannon, like, kind of cry because they really feel the lyrics. Because these girls have been so broken down. Yeah. From the last couple weeks. There's a lot of tears. And then... Bailey cries after her audition and says, It hurts really hard. It hurts really hard. Uh, The judges uh, don't really like Natalie. They don't like Bailey in this. The judges like Lauren, but Heather Hawk, who wrote the book, was like, her body language is really closed off. And I was like, this is the moment she's insecure and vulnerable, and that's when she's, like, folding in on herself. Yeah. That's a character choice that makes perfect sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 
If this was an audition, they would have her do it again with some direction. Yes. Just saying. Uh, Rhiannon does not vocally hold up well, but she makes good acting choices. Yeah. Uh, Only two girls make the list. Only Autumn and Lauren are passed through this episode. Mm -hmm. Rhiannon, Bailey, and Natalie are sent to the casting office. And uh, Natalie is the one cut. Yes. Natalie is now a notable voice actress. Oh. Yeah, she's been in a ton of things. Um, she is best known as being in Saints Row. She's in Saints Row? Yes. Hooray! So that's like the main, it, it's kind of the main thing she's known for as far as There's video games. There's a lot of fun like voice acting to be done in Saints Row, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm trying to figure, remember what her character, Kinsey Kensington. You are very forward-thinking for your time, Roddy. I'm going to ignore that your time comment and just ask, uh, what do you mean? Well, there you were, an icon of incredibly masculine pastime, one signifying by brutality and macho posturing, and the whole time you were sporting long hair and a skirt. It was a Celt, Kinsey. A Celt. And I was playing a character. Still, that was brave. You set an example for a lot of men who were questioning their own fashion choices and maybe even who they were inside. I never really thought of it that way, but okay, um, thanks. Oh, and Get Out of Hell? I didn't, I didn't enjoy Get Out of Hell. Uh, she's in four as well. And the third one. So she's in like all, she's Pandora in God of War 3. She is? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so she's really mostly doing video game voice acting now. That's really cool. Yeah, and doing quite well with it. Is she still a blonde? She She's definitely not still a blonde. She's, yeah. in fact, more brunette now. <laughs> she's become more brunette. Yeah, uh, you bring up this point, so I'll let you bring it up, about what you think happened here. Um, they wanted... I think Natalie or Autumn was going home this episode. Right. Because I think they wanted the drama of... Heavily making over one girl to be the next Elle Woods and then still going, we don't see you as Elle Woods. Yeah. The blonde didn't save you. Yeah, I, bl- I bleached your hair and now I'm sending you home. So, Natalie kind of says afterwards, she said like, well, what do I do? Like, I was very, very blonde. Do I need to like go dye this again before I go home? And they're like, nah. She's like, all right. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, Rhiannon took it really hard when Natalie left because Natalie and Rhiannon were very close. Okay. And uh, they, Rhiannon actually admits that there's at least one talking head interview where she's a little catty and it's the one after Natalie is. It's the one they filmed right after Natalie was eliminated. Oh, okay. Because she's upset about losing her friend. That makes sense. Episode seven. Um... Autumn and Lauren waiting for who returns. Uh, Bailey and Rhiannon return, and the reaction is, wow. Nobody expected Natalie to go. Yeah. And Rhiannon takes it pretty personally, because Rhiannon clearly realizes that Lauren and Autumn expected her to not return. Yeah, there's a talking home. Uh, a talking home. A talk. There's a... I'm just going to stop. There's a talking head from Autumn that's like, I bet Rhiannon goes home. And I was like, that's mean. Why are we making Autumn look mean all of a sudden? She's our hero. Right? And they kind of talk about how, like, Rhiannon really has not held up. 
And they compare her to... Lauren compares her to Natalie and Emma. Yes, I find this insane. That they're sitting there like, man, Natalie deserves to be here more. And Emma deserves to be here more. And Selena deserves to be here more. They're so much better than you who is not that good. If you want to be the next Elle Woods, why are you like, man, I wish my competition was better? That's true. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, they never have... You should have been thrilled like Natalie was the best of us and she's gone? Hell yeah! I'm almost, like, this is early reality show and I'm, these are all very young women and I'm wondering if they don't have that, like, survivor strategy. Mm. Like, they, they have this weird, almost brand loyalty of, like... If it's not me, I want it to be the best Elwoods because I want the show to do well. Yeah. Instead of being like, I want to win at all costs. Screw all these other women. So the next uh, one is the triple threat challenge where they're going to do uh, all of what you want. Yes. Including a quick change, including singing, dancing, an acting scene. And they're working with the dance captains. And there's this great moment where a dance, one of the dance captains is talking about what they do. And he's abruptly cut off. As dance captains of the show, our responsibility is to maintain the choreography that Jerry Mitchell set. So Rusty and Michelle would determine a top performer from today's workshop. Like he clearly had like a whole little monologue about what his job is. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and the we producers were like, you get one sentence. <laughs> so there's also a moment where they have to do some light tapping. Yes. And Autumn can't tap. Mm-hmm. And Bailey kind of gets a bug up her butt, like, well, Elle Woods tap, so if you can't tap. Yes. And her accent comes out real bad when she's mean. Yeah. Whenever you, you could picture her waving one finger in the air, she's very Southern. And uh, I have a note here of I make you pause the show and start trying to remember how to do a time step. Yeah, you were like, oh, I, I, let me show you. And you just got up and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just watched you do a time step for a bit. And I was I I don't think my dumb brain learned anything, but you definitely did a time step. <laughs> uh, I learned when I was in the musical Curtains uh, because I was called back for Nikki and her having to do a... She has to do light tapping. Mm-hmm. And so I had to try to figure... And I hadn't taken taps since I was like three years old. So I had to like relearn how to do a time step. For those of you playing at home, I said I was called back for Nikki. I did not play Nikki. <laughs> yeah, because what cracked me up is you did it, and you're like, I'm still not very good at it. And I was like, you haven't taken a class since. That would be like if I said, I'm still not very good at Spanish since high school. It's like, yeah, because you haven't learned any Spanish since <laughs> high school. Why would you think the skill grew? <laughs> so there's a part where they go, there was no standout performer today. <gasps> commercial break. We got to go to commercial. And I roll my eyes and go, there are all standout performers. So we come, we come back from commercial. You're all standout performers. And I said, told you. You have a surprise at the loft. And this is when I realized I would have been cut from the show because my first inclination is to go, is it three days off at a pizza? <laughs> but it is a dinner. Yeah. So it's a Pottery Barn teen table setting with flowers. Oh my God, PB teen? <laughs> and uh, a waiter putting out sad plates of rabbit food. Yeah. Like, we see him putting out, like, sad salads that have nothing on them. It's just, it looks like just dressed queens. They eat so much sad salads in this show. But they also get, like, a nice dinner. And 
I get upset because these four women eat like they haven't seen food in days. Yes. And for a young woman to eat like that on camera... <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm like, oh no, are they not feeding? They're dying. I was like, they're, are they not feeding these young ladies? And they also get four Tiffany blue boxes with the L Woods necklace. Mm-hmm. That the director gave all of the cast as like uh, an opening night gift. Mm-hmm. Which is astounding to me because do you have any idea how expensive those necklaces are? Yeah. I have that Tiffany bracelet that I got for free. Uh, because my mother had worked at her job for 25 years and they give you like a catalog of stuff you could pick from. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, I don't want any of this. Pick whatever you want. And I was like, I'm going to get I'm this free Tiffany bracelet. Tiffany bracelet. Yeah. So they're all wearing these cute, like, if found, please return to Tiffany. Classic. You knew a girl who had one of these in the mid to late 2000s necklaces. Mm-hmm. And Autumn kind of lectures all of them on the fickle nature of theater. Yeah. Like, she's the oldest now. And they're all talking about, like, their dreams. But she's been actively pursuing the dream for, like, five years. Yes. So she tries to tell these 19-year-olds, like, hey, this is going to suck for a while. Yeah. And they play really mean music over it. And I'm like, oh, they're turning Autumn heel. Why? And they... Bailey's the heel. The producers... No, 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 no. Do not make Bailey the hero right now. Autumn needs to win this. And the producers goaded Autumn into doing it. I'm sure. So, we then get them learning the song, What You Want, again... Rhiannon's not crushing it vocally. Lauren gets scolded for, like, a very minor error in the rehearsal. Yeah. Like, a super, like, just, like, a bad note in rehearsal. Yes. And they're kind of thinking about it, and they're like, Bailey has the dancing and the personality, but Bailey Mm. doesn't have the vocals. And they bring in the real Broadway company to work with them. Yes. There's one quick thing I want to bring up here because I found it interesting. Yes. Uh, When they're doing the rehearsals with Seth... You can hear Seth doing Cassie's harmonies that she did on the exercise bike, and they tried to pretend like it was, was Cassie screwing, screwing up. I was like, no, there's that part right there. Seth is doing it on the show. What you want to Yeah, like that harmony is just one of the Delta news in yeah. the song. So we're doing it and Rhiannon is winded. Rhiannon doesn't have the stamina. And this is where I want to point out the way a reality show works. Most reality shows run in a weekly format. But if you watch closely, they mostly take place over two to three days. Yeah. Tops. Often only two. So they... Point out, they only really had a day to learn this number. Mm-hmm. So, Rhiannon is winded. because She kind of makes a comment about how you don't have time to actually build the real stamina you would have built oh. in a rehearsal process. Th- this is one of the things I hate about this show, because they're clearly doing it. And I understand it's a reality show. But it's very clearly the format is, they dance, the judges ask, what went wrong? And then the contestant explains what went wrong. And then the judges say, you can't make excuses on Broadway. Yeah. Like, I'm answering your question, bitch. 
Oh, yeah, because that's something Emma does in the last episode. Emma admits she would have called out with how sick she was. Yeah. And they use that as a weakness. Yeah. And I was like, you get sick days on Broadway. Like, yeah. you would call out for a day and have an understudy. Mm-hmm. So, they're doing the... They're doing the audition in front of the judges. There's also the night of Lauren and Autumn keep practicing late into the night and Rhiannon and Bailey stop. Yeah. So the factions have become Bailey and Rhiannon and Lauren and Autumn. And Bailey and Rhiannon whine that Lauren and Autumn are stretching them out by caring. Yeah. Even though, like, caring is the Elle Woods thing to do. So Bailey, when she does hers... She gets Lauren's hat that is sized slightly wrong for her, and it mm-hmm. keeps falling down. Mm-hmm. So she kind of ends up having to improvise around the hat a lot. Yeah, because it keeps falling and, like, covering her eyes. But because she had to actually, like, deal with something, the judges only love her more. Yeah. Uh, Bernie tells you at this point, I, I have figured out Bernie is going to vote for Bailey in every episode. Mm-hmm. He clearly has favored Bailey for several episodes yeah. now. And and as I've said, like, by this point, a casting director would have made a decision. Yes. So Autumn is proud of herself, and they talk about how they wish they could pull Rhiannon's comedy, Lauren's acting instincts, Bailey's dancing and Autumn's voice into the same girl. Mm-hmm. So... This time, there are no names on the list, and all four get sent to the casting well, they office. They do the same thing where they're like, the list this time is different. And then they go to commercial, and I was like, they did this twist already! It's gotta be all of them! Yes. So, uh, there's no names on the list, and ultimately, Lauren is cut because she's 18. And they feel she's a little too young to convincingly play Elle Woods and looks too young. So just like Natalie, we lose someone for something that has always been the case. Yeah. And then they announce that there are only going to be two girls in the finale. Yes. And then they go to to They end the show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lauren Zachran goes on to appear as Sherry in Rock of Ages. She understudies Natasha in Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. Oh. And she originates the Sarah Michelle Gellar role in Cruel Intentions, a 90s musical. Oh, interesting. So she's been working pretty steadily as an adult. Uh, if you want to hear more information about uh, the com- the Great Comet of, what was it, 1812? Yes. Uh, check out our Patreon episode, The Plot Game, where I try to explain what that musical is about while only knowing the title. That's not true. He also got to see the cover of the playbill. That is true. <laughs> episode eight. They're going to cut another person. Yeah, the final episode. Uh, Rhiannon is cut for not being able to quite hack it vocally. <laughs> yeah, Rhiannon is cut. And uh, what they do is they show like the girl's uh, picture and the lights go out on it. And Laura goes, oh, they've never done that before. And I go, they've done that every time. And every time I've sang Broadway's Dark Tonight. It's because I'm usually probably taking notes during that bit. So, well, I just think, I think it's funny that you just accepted that I was singing Broadway's Dark Tonight at the end of every episode with no context. Like, Noah's singing the Goo Goo Dolls again. Yeah. Broadway's Dark Tonight. But, yeah, they, they point out that One of the reasons is that Lauren looked so young. Yeah. And 
they realized, like, she would look gross next to the guy playing Warner. Yeah, it would be uncomfortable. Who's supposed to be her age. Right. But the actor's, like, in his mid to late 20s and she's 18. So, uh, Lauren actually does go on to understudy Elle Woods on the tour. She does? Yeah, she's uh, she understudies Elle Woods in the national tour. Mm-hmm. Now, Rhiannon uh, leaves the room... There is a beat, and she is called back into the room. Oh, we don't see this. We do not see this. This is just a thing I know. Okay. Uh, from the oral history. And they... Paul Kanan actually said we should have been able to announce this on TV, but they didn't want to kind of drop that third place was going to win something big. Right. Uh, Bernie Telsey realizes that they need... A Margot, one of the Delta News, on the tour. On the tour. So they cast her as Margot. That's awesome. So she is cast as a role in the national tour, and she also does understudy Elle Woods on the tour. Uh, It is not uncommon for there to be a couple of understudies for the lead. Right. Uh, As COVID has made clear, because there have been times where a company is primarily understudies during COVID. That makes sense. And Rhiannon has this great quote in the oral history of, I walked out of the room and there were these PAs and these computers and everyone was crying. I didn't know these people. It was a little Truman Show-esque seeing all these people I didn't even get to see that were cheering me on. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nice moment. All right. Now we are down to Autumn and Bailey. Now, I want to just point out that when Rhiannon goes home, I loved Rhiannon. I really did. I thought yeah. She was one of my favorites. But when she went home, I immediately pointed to the sky because everything that I've called so far has come true. Yes. Emma went home, possibly on an honorable discharge. It's gotten down to Autumn and Bailey, just like I said. And Bailey's a heel, and we're going to be happy when she loses, because Autumn is going to surpass her, and it's going to be great. I finished my 99 bananas drink. All right. So... It's really interesting because we don't see Bailey and Autumn talk very much to each other during the finale. We see them like hold hands and cling to each other at certain points. Mm-hmm. But they don't have anything to say to each other when they're in the loft because we've kind of established they don't like each other that much. Yeah, and it's down to the two of them. Like one of them gets the dream and the other one gets nothing. And supposedly they know that Rhiannon got the role of Margot. Oh, they know at this point. Yeah, because that happens and they, they bring her back into the audition... They bring uh, Rhiannon back into the casting room to offer her the job. Oh, they should have done it later. I- I'll bring it up later. So the call site this time is the Palace Theater. And they are each going to do the songs. Um, they're going to do Oh My God, You Guys, So Much Better, and uh, Positive. And Positive, yes. They're going to do three songs. And uh, I believe Autumn says, I've never had an audition like this. And I said, of course. No one does this. And uh, they they said it was very interesting because they had to do so much negotiating with all of the unions involved. Oh, really? To get the actors and the tech. I mean, this is an extra day of work for yeah. all of them. I presume this was filmed on a Monday. When it was dark. Because the Broadway's dark tonight. Because most shows do not run on Mondays. So this would have been essentially everybody coming in on their day off. Right. So they probably had to be paid. 
MTV probably had to cough up a good amount of money to make this screen test happen. Yeah. This was probably easily the most expensive episode. Uh, Bailey claims it wasn't a rivalry. <laughs> so, uh, Autumn is surprised that she had to do her own makeup. That's weird. Uh, most Broadway, unless you have effects makeup, you're usually doing your own makeup. I, I know, but it's a TV show. Yeah. Uh, but it's Broadway. Broadway, unless you are doing effects makeup. Like, I believe the Phantom in Phantom does learn how to work with the makeup as well and help the process along. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you're just doing, like, normal stage makeup, you're usually doing it yourself, male or female. Oh, wow. So... They said it was a whole day of tech rehearsals. Doing three numbers twice each took the entire day. Plus, they had to cover one of the ensemble tracks. Because Paul Kanan cannot do his track. Oh. Because he's judging. Right. (laughs) So, they're doing... The first one they do is... Oh my god, you guys. I also have the note of... They should have just let Seth host this. Oh, yeah, Seth would have been a much better host but than Haley Duff. I do get why they didn't, because Seth Rudetsky is not a draw to MTV the way Haley Duff kind of is. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, but we get a montage of each of them screwing up working with the moving sets and all the moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be extremely overwhelming. We also, the night before, see Autumn practicing late into the night as Bailey straight up sleeps on the couch. Yes. Like she's not even sleeping in her bed. She's sleeping on the couch at one yeah, point. Yeah, it seems to me like, one, what they're showing is, Bailey, you can't go to bed. We're filming. And she's like, screw you then. Couch time. Yeah. And this is, again, to show Autumn wants it more. Bailey's going to sleep. Autumn is working. Autumn is our hero. She actually says at one point something about, like, her journey She's like, I can't say I want it more than Bailey, but I can say that I've taken this journey and I can say I think I deserve it. Yeah. So like that line is just like, okay, we've seen her grow. Like Bailey's been, Bailey is a fantastic final boss for Autumn who has struggled. Uh, So they get to the theater the next morning. They're put in separate dressing rooms entirely. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're given half-hour call. Yeah. And I have the note of, they put a wig on Autumn. They put a wig on Autumn! After all this, they put a wig on her! Oh my god, my mind exploded. And what's hilarious is, the wig, because it's a better blonde for her, she de-ages right back into being in her 20s. She looks so much better. She immediately just drops right back into their 20s. Um... So, they say they have one more surprise. Each girl's parents are there. And Bailey is overwhelmed and falls to the ground. And there's a point where Haley says, Girls, it's showtime. And I was like, you know the stage manager. You know that was ADR because you know the stage manager's like, we call places duff. Yeah. Stupid. (laughs) Bailey does well with Oh My God, you guys, but Autumn is vocally unmatchable. It just Yeah. Autumn is 
mind-blowingly good. Yeah, Autumn riffs up a little bit at the end of Oh My God, You Guys, in just a way that I'm like, mm-hmm. well, Goosebumps. Damn. Goosebumps. Yeah. Legitimate goosebumps. And then we get to positive. Autumn did not magically learn to dance better. Yeah. And she apparently messes up words to a verse that in one. But we have to be told she does it. Yeah, because... She starts, and I hear the judges go, whoops, and I wrote, whoops, question mark, and looked at Laura, and then later they say, like, you seem to have started with the wrong words there, but you recovered beautifully, and I was like, yeah, because I didn't even notice. And frankly, this is something that happens all the time on Broadway. There's a very famous story about Rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of La Vie Boheme, uh, Mimi's alarm goes off, and she says, AZT break, and that's how Roger finds out she's H.I.G. HIV positive, which leads into I Should Tell You and them starting to fall in love. Right. The actress named Mimi once blew the line and said coffee break. Coffee break. <laughs> and then the actor playing Roger still has to go, you. <laughs> and like dramatically lead into this like love song. Addicted to Starbucks. And it, it's something that happens. Yeah. So... During Positive, Bailey does mess up the singing. Mm -hmm. And she does this, like, Muppet face at the end that I hate. Yeah. Uh, She, like, really... She's mugging. It's this, again, like, middle school talent show. I got the lead in my high school musical, Aren't I the Cutest Thing? Mugging. And then we get so much better. Uh, Autumn is still just such a good singer. We also see both of them do the fake orgasm in that song. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Yes. In Much Better, there's a moment where, just like in the film, where she's like, do you remember those amazing, uh, that amazing time we spent in the hot tub? This is so much better than this. Yeah. That that line shows up in the song, and she fakes an orgasm. See my name. I was like, oh, they're finally doing it. Because I know that because you sing it all the time in the house. And what? <laughs> you do. What? And I was like, oh, they're actually going to include this. This is, you know, exciting to see. And I have to say, Bailey wins me over in this one. There's also a great moment where it cuts to Bailey's father. Looking oh, like, so unamused. <laughs> uh, but like... Bailey has a couple, like, really good moments. In So Much Better. That I was just like, oh, no. Bailey's not actually going to win this, is she? And Bailey does not crush that last note, and Autumn does. And Autumn does. Uh, (laughs) We got to talk about when they're both getting feedback. Because it's insanity. (laughs) Yeah, Jerry Mitchell, the director, who's a guest judge in this particular challenge. One, he's mouthing the words both times. That both When both girls audition, he's mouthing the words the whole time. And he says, neither of you are there yet. And I lose it in my notes. Yeah. I know, yeah, kidding. They haven't gone through rehearsal yet. <laughs> this is an audition. The average show rehearses for six to eight weeks. Each of these girls has had like a day to learn each song. And Jerry Mitchell is more impressed by Autumn singing 
and kind of puts down Bailey's acting a little bit by calling yeah. it schmacting. Schmacting. Which is what I was talking about of that like middle school talent show, like, I'm so cute. <laughs> like that very like Miss Piggy esque. Yes. That that's that mugging to the Mwah. <laughs> The feedback given to Autumn is And Autumn, I don't think I've ever heard anyone sing better than the way you sang it today. <laughs> So that's a positive. My question and my challenge for you is, how do you feel about being a sorority girl? On the positive side, you are the greatest singer I've ever heard in my life. On the negative side, you might not that be that big into Greek life. It's like, how yeah. is that your problem? Oh my God. You guys? You guys, oh my God, you guys. So I do have the note here of, Bailey might be the better dancer. You can dumb down dancing in a musical for the mm. lead a little easier than you can dumb down the score. Yeah, than you can dumb down notes. Because at the end of the day, every little girl from, you know, Jersey City who comes to see the play... Mm-hmm. Has listened to the musical. Has listened to the score, has memorized the score... Mm-hmm. She might know some of the dancing from the MTV broadcast because this show did uh, the uh, musical did have an MTV broadcast with Laura Bell Bundy, but they'll know if the notes are off in a way they won't necessarily know if some choreography has been changed. Mm-hmm. So we get this boring montage of the girls wanting it and how much they changed, and I do have some parts about this. Uh, do you want to talk about who wins, and then I'll talk about the, some of what I know? Sure. So, they have to announce a winner, and they're on stage, and they're holding each other's hands, and they congratulate freaking Bailey, the bad guy of the show. Who literally slept on the last night of rehearsal. Yes, and crushed the dreams of Autumn. And Autumn takes it so well, like, congratulations, Bailey, you're getting all the things that I've worked so hard for. Autumn had a little bit of a heads up. Oh, that makes a little bit of sense. An intern came in to change the batteries in Autumn's mic. And Autumn was like, so what's up? What's happening? And the intern was like, I can't say anything. But hesitated enough to tip Autumn off. Oh, really? Yeah. And... Autumn is quick to say the intern said nothing. The intern broke no NDA. Mm-hmm. But, but like... She read her. She read yes. her poker face. And Bailey admits that the way Haley was lit... Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey could see her name in the, in the uh, piece of paper. Oh, really? So Bailey knew. Oh, a split that's second. interesting. That's, that stuff's very interesting to me. Um, and there was a part where Heather Hawk talks about, how, like, the book writer, who's one of the judges, mm. goes up to Autumn's parents and was like, I'm so sorry, your daughter's so talented. And they were just pissed at her. And she's like, they wouldn't speak to me. I don't blame them. I probably wouldn't talk to me at that point either. I would have been so pissed. At your parents? Because you know what? I bet you that I, if my life is to try to, like, be on Broadway, we will interact again. Let's not give anyone a reason not to like me. So, uh, and then immediately after the win, Bailey Hanks does perform so much better the whole song again. 
Yes, and the girls pop up. The girls are the female ensemble wearing the Elwood sweatshirts. Mm. And it's heartbreaking because you can see on the end in the S sweatshirt is Autumn. Yeah. Who's still in the Elwood skirt instead of the sweatpants all the other girls are in. I legitimately thought they were going to end with, I am so much better than you are. Because I won and you lost and you're up there being ensemble. So, uh, Lauren is offered the understudy role on the tour at the rap party. Lauren is. Lauren is. All right, that's pretty good. Autumn is given the opportunity to, quote, understudy Bailey. They didn't say to understudy L. Uh, that's weird wording. Yeah, but she also gets a an ensemble role. So she gets to, like, make her Broadway debut. Okay. So she takes it. Uh, Does she ever get a performance? I would assume she's an understudy. She doesn't. No! She never gets to go on as Elwood. No! Autumn, my girl! Um, because there is that, uh, there's a situation where we, uh, her, um, her original understudy was still with the company, and they just weren't able to do a put-in with Autumn. So they were never able to, like, rehearse Autumn in the role enough. Oh. Uh, Lena Hall ultimately uh, allows Bailey to live with her in New York. <laughs> while, really? While Bailey gets her, like, feet oh, under her. that's fun. Yeah, Lena Hall, uh, she says, I got to be Haley Duff. She'd come home after rehearsals and ask me questions. Bailey says, like, Lena Hall was my New York mom. Uh, she, had a, she had a dresser and nightstand she gave me. Uh, the first day she said, get your shoes on, we're going to go, and I'm going to teach you how to use the subway. So, like, Selena Hall uh, believes in karma, and clearly karma has come back for Lena Hall. Yeah. Um, Lena Hall, who will be Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway starting September 6th. Yes. The first one, not not Audrey 2. I should really ask Playbill about, like, sponsoring me. Yeah, for for real. The number of people I've been putting over in this. So, uh, Bailey Hanks wins July 20... Like, when... The show airs July 21st. She is put in July 23rd. Yeah. And so the show airs on a Monday night. The next day, Bailey Hanks is just like out doing press. And then she opens on a Wednesday matinee. Okay. Because the Sunday show was the last show for Laura Bell Bundy. Right. And Tuesday, uh, the Tuesday night show was announced to be the original understudy. Not, okay. Not Autumn, but like the understudy who. Right, right. Who has been there. Yeah. So, they have, like, the little party, and it's this great little, like, moment. And, oh, I did not make you watch Legally Brown, the search for the next Paragua guy. But they do, Lin-Manuel Miranda does, like, a parody of the show. Oh, that's funny. And I meant to make you watch it. I'm trying to find the exact thing with Autumn. Do it later. Uh, but, yeah, the, this is very, an interesting situation here in that, like... I assume that, like, people who watch the show wanted to then see Bailey. Yes, it does give the tickets a good bump for a bit. Good. Uh, however, this was 2008. What happens in 2008 in the world? Um, the Wii comes out, I think? No, no. like, worldwide. I don't know. The economic crash. Right. Uh, a lot of Broadway shows do not survive 2008, including Legally Blonde. 
Uh, Legally Blonde only runs for about three months after. Oh, crushing. Uh, And Bailey only misses one weekend of shows, and the original understudy does it, because Autumn never had time to be uh, rehearsed into the role. Right. Uh, Almost every one of these girls has played Elle Woods later in life. Okay. In either tours, regional theater... I mean, um, that makes sense, yeah. Like, Lauren talks about having played Elle Woods three times in three different productions at age 19, 23, and 26. So, uh, it is interesting because Rhiannon and Lauren ultimately do get to play Elle Woods professionally, and Autumn doesn't. Wow. That is crazy. Now, uh... Autumn. Does, I need you to tell me good things about Autumn. Uh, Autumn towards uh, Autumn was last on the national tour for something rotten, uh, which is a musical I've kind of always wanted to say about uh, the first musical in Shakespearean times. Okay. So she has done pretty well. Uh, there's obviously a lot of um, lack of seeing people in the last couple of years, just because the post-COVID era, everyone's trying to get their feet back under them. Yes. But she, uh, she was in The Sound of Music Live oh. on NBC. Oh, wow. So she's worked pretty consistently. Uh, let, let it be known that we made the effort to watch the reunion that is on YouTube that was done over Zoom and is unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very uh, early pandemic Zoom. Yes. So everyone's talking to over each other. It's not clean and neat yet. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, so Bailey does Legally Blonde. She's uh, Sharpay in the stage version of High School Musical at Paper Mill. And for a while, she was just playing, just kind of playing Elle Woods in regional productions of Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing uh, Doralee, the Dolly Parton role in 9 to 5. The okay. musical. And uh, apparently there was some social media fallout because she posted a picture of a meal from Chick-fil-A during the Chick-fil-A. One of the, one of the times Chick-fil-A being anti-LGBTQIA came into the news. Mm-hmm. And she legitimately didn't know. Yeah. That they were under fire for that. Mm-hmm. And... She said, like, I was doing the show with several people in the gay community, and no one ever mentioned anything about it. No one ever said, like, Bailey, do you know what's going on? Uh, It was pulled out of context and blasted. I can see why people would think that. I never meant to do that. Mm -hmm. And she ultimately quit show business because of that. Really? fallout from that. Wow, that's a shame. And now she is a hairstylist in South Carolina. Because I do want to stress this. Like, Bailey is the villain of this show. She is very talented. Like, I say that I hate her as a character in reality show, uh, you know, drama. In reality, she's also, in actual reality, she's a very talented actress. And again, she is very young. Uh, I was really reminded of Taylor from Kid Nation. Yeah. Of, I am experienced enough with reality shows at this point. That you can kind of tell when they're going after people in the edit. It's a little tough because they talk about how, like, in the oral history, they talk about how Bailey was the story they wanted to tell. And so it makes you wonder, like, 
they really didn't have any good talking heads for Bailey. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's just Bailey not... Not, like, have... Maybe Bailey being kind of quiet, except for when she says something sort of negative. Right. It's tough. Um, she's young, and I feel bad being, like, coming down on her mm-hmm. for how... Because unlo- I'm... I think I'm almost exactly Bailey's age. And I cannot imagine what I would have come off like in a reality show like this. Yeah, at that age. Um, I would have been... I would have been a villain. And I probably would have been off pretty early. Uh, yeah. I would have been the act one villain. Yeah, I, I think back to how I... I love being a villain. Mm-hmm. And like I think back to the, the quiz they had to take. Yeah. If everyone was seriously that upset, I was like, okay, guys, put me down for everything. And yeah. I'm just going to freak out. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty about it, but like, this is what they want, and I'll give it to them. Yeah. Now, they did in 2018 do a revive, like, they did a reunion concert. That's cute. And it, was, it appears to have been uh, Natalie, Cassie O, Rachel. Because Rachel was now so big in the Broadway. Libby. Rachel, my favorite. Rachel and Libby, who at this point became well-known enough enough on Broadway that it seemed stupid, did not include them. Right. Lauren, Rhiannon, and Autumn. So they all did, like, a cute little concert at uh, Studio 54. Paul Kanan hosted it. So it was this nice little, like... Revival concert with a lot of the still working actors. Uh, they done a couple of reunion zooms. Uh, they did that one, and then they did another one. I didn't have the chance to watch all of. Gotcha. So, just like a nice little thing of this very unique reality show, this very unique situation of you know this very unique situation of a Broadway reality show for a show that was. Already aired on MTV because they aired Legally Blonde on MTV. Right. And it did drum up ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not the only Broadway reality show. There's also You're the One That I Want. Woo-hoo-hoo. Honey. Yes. That was the Grease musical. Yes. it's uh, They were looking for Danny and Sandy. Right. Uh, I have not actually seen this. Yeah, that, that potential Stay Doomed fodder. One season. Yes, uh, I do know who wins that one as oh, well. Okay. So I'm seeing how many episodes it was, just out of curiosity. Eleven. So this would be another two-parter. Yeah, I well, that might be a three-parter. And uh, we're not going to touch that for probably at least a few months. Yeah, we don't, give it some space. Despite the fact that we did Legally Blonde, the TV show, and then this show fairly close together, we like to space things out usually yeah. a bit. So I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Yeah. Verdict. Stay tuned. Yeah. I think. Uh, for certain shows, this is a really viable way to cast. Okay. Uh, because I Legally Blonde was a very young skewing show, and we're seeing a lot of young skewing shows mm-hmm. nowadays with like Dear Evan Hansen, Six. Right. Um, I think it would be a really interesting way to keep those shows running a little longer. Because if this show bought the cast and crew of Legally Blonde three months of work. Mm-hmm. Then I have made my peace with it. Okay. It also clearly did help a lot of the young women who were uh, mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. 
a lot of these young women got jobs they wouldn't like Lauren would not have gotten a national tour at 18 probably Mm -hmm. any other way so for reasons of how many people I do feel the show actually did benefit this is a stay tuned interesting it also shows people a lot of a world that they're not as familiar with Mm -hmm. and this was right before Glee like I think the show would have even done better I mean there is a Glee reality show that ran two seasons though believe it or not right uh, I think the show could only actually be more successful now that musical theater is a little mm-hmm. bit more mainstream with like sick songs being all the rage on TikTok. Um, you know, I think this is mm-hmm. totally, I think in a lot of cases you could make this for an alternate. Certain roles, especially lead roles, do have an alternate on Broadway that does mm-hmm. two or two shows or two days. Okay. Yeah, I'd stay tuned for me. I'm going to give this a Stay Doomed bah! by the Over okay. the Garden Wall rule of, I think this show is over. Okay. I think, because here's the truth of the matter. There is another version of this show. It's, you're the one that I want. You're right. You know what? This Legally Blonde itself is due, so I guess by virtue of the Game Over rule as well. Yeah. They, they made the mistake of calling it Legally Blonde... The musical, The Search for Elle Woods. I get you. What they should have called it was Legally Blonde, The Musical, The Search for the Next Broadway Star. Yeah. By changing that, now we can just get rid of Legally Blonde, insert another uh, musical, and then have another show. You could actually just make it Broadway Baby, The Search for the Next Elle Woods. Broadway Baby, The Search for the Next Anne Boleyn. Yes. But the way that this is worded, like, we do not say that... You're the one that I want is season two of Elle Woods. No. So the way that they phrase this puts it in this difficult box that season two would have to be another person joining the cast of Legally Blonde. You know what I think this would actually be fantastic for? The NBC Live musicals. Yes! Like, choose a role that you're going to do this for. Usually, like, probably not the lead lead because you do usually want to cast, like... A star. Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, like Carly Rae Jepsen was in Cinderella on yeah. Broadway. Uh, so I'm thinking of like Jesus Christ Superstar. Mary Magdalene was Sarah Bareilles and uh, John Legend was Jesus. Right. But you could pick one of the other roles and say like, you know, you're competing for Judas, a major role in this show. Like, and I think that's a good way to do it is maybe not the lead, but give them a major role. Yeah, I while I think... Any other version of this idea would not be a season two of this show. This idea is a great show. Yeah. It does suffer the problem of you end up with ten contestants that look very similar. Yes. That makes it very hard to do. And And then, in the middle of the show, you make the two who don't look like everyone else look like everyone else. Look more like everyone else. Like, I think this would be great for, like, a Hamilton... Yes. Where it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can be Thomas Jefferson. Like, that would be nice. Uh, There's a lot of issues in what makes a good reality show that is conflicting against what makes a good Broadway show. Yeah. So, like, they're contrary ideas, but overall, this does so much good for the Broadway show that there should be more of it. Yes, because I think this does ultimately benefit the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And anytime a show closes, no matter how much you're enjoying the drama of the show closing, 
it's putting actors and crew out of work. Yeah. Uh, so you're never, even with like a show that has a lot of drama surrounding it, so that you're like, ooh, what's going on? Like a, the recent drama with Paradise Square. Right. Those actors and crew members are still out of a job. Right. That still sucks. It still sucks, yeah. So it's very much, if this can buy Broadway a little more relevancy than the Tonys, which are like once a year and mm. always have to be like, please, we're not just for, a, like, there's a whole song where Neil Patrick Harris tries to convince regular people to go see Broadway shows. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind if it was some off-Broadway stuff. Yeah. I think off-Broadway would actually be easier and more fun because there's so many weird shows yeah. off-Broadway. Yeah. Coming soon, check out Khan. Yes. The Star Trek musical written by my buddy Brent. Yeah, and Brent's going to do a reality show about so who's going to play I'm going to talk to him after we're done. Like, oh. hey, have you ever considered this? I was super joking. What do we watch next week, Laura? Uh, we're going to do The Nerd. It is a pilot that NBC aired once that was made in 1989. Okay. And uh, guess what year it was aired? 1990. No. When? 96. Interesting. So uh, that'll be a fun one to do. And uh, that, that's what we're going to do for next week. And then we're going to have a poll up. Yes, we're going to have for... a poll for what we're going to be doing. Uh, in two weeks. In two weeks, basically. Uh, as always, there will be four choices for Twitter. The top two will move on to Patreon. This week, or this month rather, we've decided to do bigger shows. Yes. So just because they don't get picked this month doesn't mean we will never do them. So don't feel like you can't make a decision. But uh, we want to do something a little heftier. So here is what's on the list. We're going to start out with a big one. Freaks and Geeks. Yes, that's one of the ones that we get asked about a lot. Yeah, it, it's been on the to-do list for quite some time. So we're throwing it out there now. Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Also, Zach Stone's going to be famous. Yeah, starring Bo Burnham. Starring Bo Burnham. It's on Netflix. We've been... It's made its way to the poll before, and it's on the poll again. So uh, if you want us to do that one, click it now on our Twitter, which is at Stay Doomed. Yeah. Also on this list, we had four. My So-Called Life. My So-Called Life, Uh, This is another big one we get asked about a lot. Uh, It's one of the prototypical... One Season Wonders uh, from the 1990s MTV starring Claire Danes and Jared Leto pre-Joker. Yes, like pre-Joker. Like real pre-Joker. Way, way pre-Joker. And finally, Julie and the Phantoms. We let it breathe just long enough to make sure it didn't surprise us with a second season. But we'll be doing Julie and the Phantoms if you so choose. So vote now on our Twitter. Once again, it is Freaks and Geeks. Zach Stone is going to be famous. My so-called uh, my life. My so-called life and Julie and the Phantoms. Vote now. I know it's tough, but you must vote. Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you thought Autumn was going to win, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you feel so much better than before, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>